Oh goody, you found me. This is Let's Get Passionate and we are just about to get started. Hey, welcome to Let's Get Passionate. I'm your host, Emily Martin. And today we're joined by Katie Williams. We're talking about defining success and setting goals. Hey, Katie, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Emily. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we're here. Yeah, me too. It's exciting. Yeah. Congrats on your podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. Congrats on yours as if we were both like silently working on things together. eh? I know it's amazing when things align like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about your experience in this area. Does this passion come from a personal trial and error? Um, So it's a little bit of both, actually. So um, a little bit of background. I had a branding and design business for 13 years. I started my business when I was 21. And I basically have been working on that for the entirety of my adulthood. And what I started to see when I would try to create a brand for a client was that they, they knew they needed something and we would create this vision. And then they still weren't getting where they wanted to be. And they'd come back to me and say, oh, this isn't working. I need to maybe tweak this. I need to tweak that. And it would still just not work. And what I found was that the brand that we had created was based on the business that they wanted to build, but we hadn't actually looked at why they were building that specific business and taking that approach. Interesting. And it came very, very quickly to me seeing this correlation between all the clients that were struggling that I'd never actually dove into why they were doing their business in the first place. And what was the ultimate goal? Hmm. And then what, when we got to that ultimate goal, like, what was the purpose of that? Like, why were they trying to reach that goal? And once I added more of a one-on-one marketing coaching part to my business, I could actually start to facilitate, okay, let's figure out why you're doing this. And once we got clear on that, we could build a brand and a plan and a structure around the business they wanted to create based on the life they wanted to live. Yeah. Versus this narrative that we're always fed about entrepreneurs have to put in, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week of work and all these things that, you know, work to the bone and entrepreneurs don't start businesses or career people don't go into a hard career for the fun of it. They go into it because they love what they do, not because they get rewarded for it. Yeah. And it's a narrative that I just, I don't believe anymore because I've seen these businesses now and these people in their careers get clear on their why. And now they're flourishing yeah, and they're happy doing it and they're successful doing it. So it's this, it's overcoming that. So I have a lot of experience in working with business owners more specifically, because that's my business, but also kind of helping friends that are stuck in their careers, overcoming some of those hurdles that now have led to a much more fulfilling life. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about why it's important to start with why. Yeah. So the, the why is so important. And I think that's a very trending thing right yeah. now is to know your why. Yeah. But and there's a few also, books on it. There's a few books. There's a few yeah. books. It's a number on the best selling list, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, it's something that's so important because if you go just very surface level, you're at risk of your why being part of that narrative that we've been fed. Mm. And when you go deeper, you get into your why, yeah. not what you're told should be your why. And an, I mean, an example of that is, I mean, I can even use my personal experience if you'd like, because I do have professional experience, but I got caught in my own loop of this after years of helping other people. I used to always say, I am the business owner and the designer, but I design because that allows me the flexibility to be at home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that was always the, that was what I had wanted to create. And that's essentially what I created. 
but there's an image that goes along with that. And I, I found myself caught in a moment where I had everything. I had achieved my dream. I built a design firm. I had a partner. I had a beautiful store location overlooking the waterfront. Everybody looked at me going, gosh, she's got two little kids and she's a mom and she plans to homeschool. And she's at every event. And I was, I was, I had this revered reputation Mm. and I was so, I would get so high on that feeling because to me that was, yeah, I've reached success. Yeah. But if I really looked inside, I was absolutely crumbling. Oh no. And I couldn't keep it together. I felt so much pressure from every aspect of my life. And I found myself in this wash, rinse, repeat cycle of chasing the bigger, better, and faster version of myself. Yeah. And that's a story I hear from so many people in today's culture where we are. And for me, I had got caught up in the why being you as a woman can do what you love and raise your kids. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. But there was, that was so surface level that it wasn't until I found out I was pregnant. My business partner walked out of the business. That was fine. We've no hard feelings, but you know, she did, she walked away from the business and we parted ways and I had to close my store location because I was pregnant and knew I wouldn't be able to run that operation on my own and took on mass financial debt, like Mm. overwhelming amounts of debt. Yeah. And managed to get my act together enough that I got myself through closing all of that down and sat back and thought, what was that even for, you know? Mm, Yeah. And then 15 days later, I lost my baby at 20 weeks. That's so horrible. It was awful. I'm so sorry. Thank you. And it forced me to really take a good, hard, zoomed out look at Mm. how I had led my life. And the choices I had made that got me to the point of such stress mm-hmm. and how misaligned I was. And in doing that, I had to do a lot of work on myself to get through the darkness that followed that whole experience. Yeah. And what came out the other side was that I wasn't actually aligned with my why. I had actually completely disconnected from all the things that were the most important to me for the sake of the image of having it all. Yeah. So over the last three years, we're almost three years at this point since that all happened. And over the last three years, I've seen a big consistency in when you start with a why, a true why based on how you want to feel your core values. So what's important to you as a person, nobody Mm -hmm. else. And as a family, if that's relevant to you, because we do (laughs) (laughs) co-create, um, then you can start to build or make changes in your life and shift things in your life in a way that build that success by design. So if you can start with the real why, and that can be difficult, that's, that's not an easy journey to do because it forces you to look at things that you're doing and decisions you're doing and making now. Yeah. But if you can do that, then you can start to go deeper and you can look closer at all those little things that are not filling you up. Mm-hmm. Once you're clear on that and have you've started there, then you can build and you can build whatever you want. Yeah. It's so funny that you're talking about how surface level people's desires are usually, because even just like thinking about starting this podcast, I was like, I just want to talk to people. We're in lockdown. I'm bored. I'm a very social butterfly. I just want to talk to people. And then you go like, why, 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 why? 
and you totally, you have to like toddler yourself, like ask yourself why as much as your toddler asks you why. And yeah. And for so many of the questions of why, like, you don't even really know you're like, well, it would be really nice to talk to people. Why is that? Well, you know, I have a social work degree and I haven't talked to people yet. I haven't even used my degree. So this is kind of like a two for one deal. And then beyond, and then beyond that, you know, like then why, why do you care about using your social work degree? How about the 26 grand sitting in OSAP's little (laughs) pocket there? Like being like, do something with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's funny because we actually touch on that in our podcast that we're launching it next week. And it's interesting because we go into great detail about that too. The, that limiting belief of it, we should be doing something because we were trained in it. Right. And there's, a big part of that, that it sounds like you were trained in that because you really resonated with that work, Yeah, which means there's a great why underneath why you even went through school for that and why ties into this podcast. Right. So there's probably a lot of magic there. I know. It sounds like that was very aligned, you know? Yeah, I know. It's so cool. It's very cool. And like, I've always been someone who can talk a lot in general. Um, so it's cool. Like obviously with this being an interview style podcast, I'm not the one only talking, which I think I do really enjoy as well, because I know so many cool people that have so many neat things to share with others. And I think can add a lot of value to a huge network of people that I know in so many different areas. So it's going to be really cool to see how like they kind of all make this web together to be, you know, like I'm the center of the host and they're all this massive network of people. Well, and when you're talking about people's passions too, you really get into, I mean, this touches the why kind of falls into all of that. Everybody's got a passion for a reason. And I think what's really cool with yours is that it's so multifaceted. There's Mm -hmm. no specific theme other than the fact that people are passionate about certain things and want to talk about them and you want to hear about them. Yeah. I love seeing people fired up. It's diverse too, right? It, it shows diverse interests and the fact that there isn't really one specific way to do anything. True. Yeah. And you I know? think like my, my goal or like a reason why is I want other people to maybe like hear, maybe someone's like super into knitting. Like, I don't know. I don't have, I don't yeah. have a knitting episode on the rise, but if someone wants to do it, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. But if someone's like super into knitting and they talk about, you know, this is what I've made and this is what I've done. And this is how I've learned it. Maybe someone who's listening that's wanted to do knitting is like, Hey, wait, they did it this way. And maybe I can try it too. Or like, you know, I'm going to have someone come on and talk about dogs and I know nothing about dogs. So I'm like, just tell me all, you know, and maybe one day we'll get one. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. And even just hearing someone's excitement about it can give you, I mean, people who have pets, maybe it gives them a new spark of excitement. Right. So there's so much purpose in that. I think it's actually amazing. (laughs) Thanks. I'm so excited. (laughs) That's so good. But yeah, the why it really does come down to really getting deep and getting to know yourself. And I think part of the reason that people struggle with that is that usually in that process, it's an unlayering, Mm -hmm. right? There's unlayering of things, limiting beliefs, old traumas, new traumas. Like there's, we are, uh, I mean, we're species based on experiences, right. And influenced by our environment. So you have to be able to be open to dig through a lot of that to Mm -hmm. really get to know yourself. Yeah. And it's really ironic. I think that I went to school for what I went to school for. Um, and we never once were taught to open a book and learn about ourselves. It was like, here's how you, here's how you help other people. And in that we did learn about, you know, having what your parents taught you, your values, your morals, your ethics. Mm -hmm. Like we need to really, we did get taught to like open our minds to like labels and stereotypes and judgments that we like maybe 
we learned throughout our lives. We never once were like, okay, well now there's this whole category called self-care, personal development, all that. Maybe take a look in the mirror and try to be a happier, healthier, better version of yourself because that'll help you sustain your career. Like no one ever taught us anything about that, which is just mind blowing when we're going to be teaching other people how to take care of themselves, but we weren't taught how to take care of ourselves. That's so true. It's, and it puts major limits on your ability to really serve people because if you don't know yourself and that's what I found myself in, if you don't know you and your purpose and, and yourself well enough, you can't truthfully have the greatest impact. You can have an impact with your compassion and with your desire to help people and everything. But I mean, those tools are best implemented when you've lived them. Yeah, exactly. Right. People relate to real people, not just to processes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Definitely a hole that I see in the program, but hopefully they'll assess that themselves in the future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think too, that it's, we're entering a stage of, I guess, just humanity in general, where we are all becoming more conscious of those things. We are all becoming more aware. So it's, there's a little bit of social responsibility to also take that on as individuals and not just have to do it because we're told, right. Which I think is exactly what we're doing is no one told us we have to do a podcast or we have to inspire people, but there's a drive, there's a natural desire to Mm -hmm. do that. And I think the more that people can tune into that, I think the better we'll all be. (laughs) Yeah. And how cool that we were chosen for that. I love it. I know me too. (laughs) So why is defining success before you start something new so important? So defining success ties into the why and the why is the foundation, but defining success is where we deconstruct all of the things society tells us success means. And we basically unlearn what we know and we learn something new. And that is 100% individual to our own individual experience. Mm -hmm. And doing that is a way of making sure you are headed in the right direction for you. And this is where you see people who um, don't go to college and are thriving photographers, right? Or don't go through school for their degree yet are somehow um, helping save the environment on the other side of the world in the yeah. middle of the rainforest. Yeah. Um, we are conditioned to think, and I'm not saying there's no value in school or value in the process, but we're conditioned to think that that's the only way yeah. Yeah. to be successful, that you go through school, you graduate, you go to post-secondary, you graduate, you get a job, you climb the ladder, you, if you're a woman, you might take time off and then go back later, or you yeah. take time off and your kids go in daycare. Those are your two options. Yeah. And how much money you make and the, the status of your job description. And yeah. we don't, we don't look at how much time we have at home or do we get to travel and is it luxury travel that we want? Or do we want to go camping? Like yeah. we don't look at those things. That's not what we're taught in school to look at as feeling successful. We don't look yeah. inward at how we feel. So we need to define what success looks like for us then we can build and make decisions or make changes that align with that. And this is honestly why when you see people that are now, oh, I'm making $200,000 a year. I've got a corporate car. um, I've got it all. I've got an apartment in the city, whatever it is, like all these things. I mean, that's extreme, but all (laughs) these things that we find or we measure our success on. And yet they're so unhappy. They're unfulfilled and they're yeah. looking for more or they're and going home and they're lonely because they have had no time to find anyone to spend their time with. 
Precisely. Absolutely. And some I've even seen, um, I mean, clients and friends, truthfully, who have found themselves in such a space of pride that that's, that's not the way they need to do it. I don't need to find someone to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they actually break it down and they somehow have found someone, they realize that's actually what they wanted, but they were afraid of that. To say it even. Yeah. Yep. And afraid of then fitting into that version of society structure. So we're just so focused on success being defined, like reflecting back at us in society. Yeah. Yeah. Where we really need to look in the mirror and kind of look ourselves in the eye and go, what do you want? Like, Mm -hmm. what's going to make you happy? And again, that's another part of the process that can be really difficult for people. Yeah. Because I know for me, I looked in the mirror and I couldn't look myself in the eye because I had just gone so far from what was important to me that there was almost... a a heavy sense of shame and guilt Hmm. for actually being so disconnected. And I mean, my story is a little bit unique and more kind of devastating, right? Because of the way that I got to that realization, there was a lot of guilt associated with that, but I'm also not unique, huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also not unique in that. There's lots of people who don't go through that, but go through hard times that it's really difficult to kind of sit back and own that you were a bit of a catalyst in that. Yeah. Yeah you know, so it's, it's a process and nobody's perfect, but starting with the why and moving into defining your own success is a huge step forward in building whatever that new success by design looks like for you. Yeah, totally. And so I've heard of smart goals. Have you heard of Mm -hmm. this? So yeah, absolutely. Is that a framework that you recommend using as well? Or do you have kind of your own take on setting goals? No, I'm not one that believes in reinventing the wheel and just putting new <laughs> words to it. So actually yeah. my, um, my partner and colleague that I run the podcast with, her name's Laura, we actually co-facilitate goal setting workshops. And that's actually the framework. Once we get through the why and defining success and looking at core values, then we move into smart goals. Yeah. And that would be my only thing I would say to people is that smart goals are fantastic. But if you don't have the other stuff figured out, then they aren't going to give you any more happiness than the way you're goal setting now, unless you're literally not goal setting at all. So it is a really fantastic framework. I don't know how familiar familiar you are with it, but um, essentially the S is for specific. Mm -hmm. You want to be as specific as possible so that you can get really clear on what you're trying to achieve. Um, You want to be making sure that they're measurable because when you can actually measure the progress, you're more apt to know what you need to change and either to go forward further or to celebrate the fact that you got so far. You want to make sure they're attainable. That's the A. Some people would sit back and go, okay, well, I'm making $30,000 a year. By next year, I want to be in a job that I'm making, you know, 150. Mm-hmm. Well, is that actually attainable in a year? Or I want to yeah. lose a hundred pounds by next year. Mm-hmm. Is that realistic? Right. So you need Without to look surgery. at <laughs> Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like how attainable and realistic are the goals? Because if you make them attainable and you achieve them, then that momentum continues. But if you make them unattainable and you're never going to achieve them, then you're just feeding your own self-sabotage at that point. Yeah. So the R is for relevant. You want them, the goals to be relevant to your end game, which is where the definition of success comes in so handy. You need to make sure that they're relevant to what that looks like for you. And then you need to give yourself a timeline. They need to be able to be put into a timeline. So instead of saying in five years, I want to own a home, 
well, okay. So in five years, you want to own a home, but let's put a timeline in place of action steps yeah, so that you are able to get there. If you don't say that five years, I just, one day I want to own a home. You, you have nothing to measure. You have no progress yeah. to track there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, smart goals are hugely successful in helping people reach their goals. They're very well-framed because yeah. it hits on all of the most important points when it comes to goal setting, but they should only be implemented when you really have done the work ahead of time to figure out why you're setting those goals in the first place. Yeah. And goals like written down are honestly just words on paper if there's no action being taken, right? Exactly. So talk to me about how you encourage someone to go from writing the goal than to taking the action. Yeah, it's a great question. So the first one, it's going to sound super cliche, <laughs> but a vision board is huge. Yeah. It's a fantastic tool. Again, it's very trending, but it's, it's trending for a reason. Yeah. When you are looking at the things that inspire your goals and represent your end game, or at least part of the journey you're on, you're looking at that every day. You don't even have to try to envision it because it's True. right in front of you. Yeah. And whether that's images and pictures or whether that's words or, you know, if you are trying to pay off your $26,000 <laughs> of OSAP, like having that in front of you yeah. as a goal, like that might help you not go to spend, you know, an extra 20 bucks at Starbucks this month, right? Like yeah. it's all these things that contribute to the decisions that you make on a daily basis that either help you towards or take you away from those goals. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is focusing on the every day or the consistent action yeah. versus just that vision. Yeah. The vision is so important because it's what drives you. It's the, it's the end goal, but the everyday consistent action is where you get to celebrate your small wins. You get to have an impact on what feels like a small scale, but as we know, small steps over time equals big results. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that is a huge, huge part of this that people usually give up because they feel like they're not getting anywhere when they only focus on the end goal. Yeah. But if you focus on, did I do today the action steps I need to do? Yes. Amazing. There's a win. Did I do today or how was my week? Right. Yeah. Then you start yeah. to be able to lean into the fact that you're really doing it. Yeah. I'm thinking about what you just said about like manageable steps, because if you, if you use that analogy about wanting to buy a house in five years and thinking about the down payment, maybe being like a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to just choke at that amount. If you don't yep. think about every $10 you're putting into that, right. Like yep. compounding $10 rather than 100,000 at one humongous number broken down yep. into more digestible steps. And over five years too, right? Like we look at a big number, but when you actually break down what you spend in areas of your life that you don't need to spend it in over five years. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think David Chilton wrote a book called the wealthy barber and the wealthy barber returns. Oh. If anybody out there is looking for financial advice, that's it's pretty basic, but it is so impactful. And it is my favorite, favorite book when it comes to introducing the idea of saving mm -hmm. because people get stuck on the idea. And it's the same with weight loss. They get stuck on the idea of, I don't, I can't make more money. How do I yeah. make more money to save? Well, you don't, you just have to spend less yeah. and we can all do that. Now there are definitely people who really are struggling. They're the definition oh, of, yeah. you know, working paycheck to paycheck and can't yeah. make changes. 
But for many of us out there, there are yeah. lots of things that we could give up that we just choose not to. And that like over time, the blonde in my hair and the color yeah. on my nails. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's one of those things. If you're clear on that five-year goal for that house, well, really, is your hair going to be that important in comparison to seeing that vision every day and knowing that you're actively making choices that take you away from that vision yeah. versus working towards it? You yeah. know, same with health. Are you making decisions that work toward health? Or not, because every decision we make about the food we put into our body or whether or not we decide to move or not, it either helps us with our health or it hurts our health. Mm-hmm. There isn't really an in-between, right? Yeah. So when you have those things in front of you and you're focused on those actionable steps, you can start to see and celebrate your progress and that momentum will build. Yeah. So I took like a reality check on myself one time a couple of years ago and started journaling all the choices that I was making because sometimes in your day, like you don't really, you don't notice the choices that you're making. Right. Like, so I would write what I chose to, when I chose to get up, what I chose to do when I woke up, if I chose to journal, if I chose to eat something healthy for breakfast. And so I wasn't trying to like gear my choices to a certain goal. At first I was just like going through what I was doing and writing them all down. And then it was like, okay, well, I didn't wake up at six 30 and do my workout that day. Okay. Well, I ate a croissant for breakfast instead of, you know, making a shake or having a smoothie or whatever. And so like, eventually I kind of was able to take the log that I had written and be like, okay, well, this is not aligned. And here are the choices that I'm making that are easily switched. And I could tweak my action to fit my goal a lot better, but it was like a reality check. Like I needed to, I don't even know how I came up with that. So I can't even throw to like a book or a podcast or anything, but I just was like, I need to write my stuff down and see what I'm actually doing to see where I can make changes. And that's incredible because that, that is truly being in tune with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? It's being able to actually take a look at that and even just recognizing that something doesn't feel right in my life. Mm -hmm. I can't even put a pin in why I'm not sure why I'm doing this, but something isn't feeling right. And to be that in tune with yourself that you even took this steps to try to figure out where it was not aligned is incredible. And I think if it's so cool. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great option. Actually. I think if anybody out there is listening, take Emily's advice, <laughs> my <laughs> random decision to journal my choices. And the thing is, is like, there's also not necessarily anything random about it. Something called you to do more and you yeah. listened. And that's an incredible thing that I think a lot of people could learn from because mm-hmm. the more that we can be in tune with who we are and our kind of our higher being and a higher version of ourselves, right? we can get into alignment and really live the life that serves people too. It, mm-hmm. it not just serves us, but serves people and our purpose here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And when I was able to get more aligned with what my goals were and start writing down the good choices that I was making as well, like saying I was up at six 30, I did do a yoga video. I did have this. So then at the end of the day, I was able to see, you know, six awesome choices that I had made that day that were in line with my goal. And I was able to celebrate those tiny little things that I did in that day rather than be like, well, what did I even do today? Amazing. And that's where you look at those actionable steps, right? You kind of took the process and went, I don't really have a goal, but I know that the steps aren't working. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people with smart goals, the idea is you try to figure out where you want to go and then you put the pieces in place. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong. It really has to be what resonates to you, but you, you've essentially been following smart goals (laughs) in this process. Right. And I mean, being aware of those things, it's kind of like having that log would be kind of like your own vision board because you're aware of what you're not doing. True. That is, or what you are doing that's not serving you. Yeah. It was really cool. I liked doing that. I probably should do that again because that was a little while ago. (laughs) It's a good use of time right now while we have it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I ate a candy bar. Sad face. No, <laughs> just kidding. That would have a happy face. <laughs> I love it. What are some healthy habits that you can suggest using in support of working towards new goals? Yeah. So the healthy habits, honestly, are the checking in with yourself, the staying connected to you and your purpose and your why, and having a daily check-in every day that allows you to really connect with all of those unlayerings and Mm -hmm. new discoveries that you've made. Um, Because if you can maintain that, then you really can't go wrong. Even when you would um, enter into society's definition of failure, you have so much you can learn from that, that I don't think it serves you to think of failing. I think the thing that serves you the most is to be connected with yourself and be honest with yourself about what you are and are not doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that the journal was really good for was showing me where I needed to make changes. Yeah. And I mean, it can be really helpful to have an accountability partner. I have friends that I do speak with every week to two weeks where we don't check in on how's the progress in your business. Did you do X, Y, Z that you said you were going to do? It's more of how are you feeling about the things that you did? Mm-hmm. And is there anything I can help support you with to make that easier? Yeah. And, you know, having somebody that is not just about the action, but also about the overall tone and feeling and alignment is just, it's really um, beneficial yeah. to your overall ability to achieve those goals in a way that's kind of done with grace and with ease versus this hard, you know, difficult, uncomfortable process, right? Yeah. Having that person to bounce things off of can be really beneficial. Yeah. I think too, like if you're doing something that's individual, you have a goal that's individual, having someone that you can speak with, even if they're not in it with you, like, you know, doing the work with you, you know, that that person's available and there for you because they kind of know what's going on in your world, which is really important to not have all this weight on your shoulders and not share anything with someone else. Like how you said, is there something that I can do to support you? That could even be like a one week check-in that like check back with me in a week and ask me if I've done this and I'm going to tell you yes or no. And hopefully it's going to be yes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Accountability is so individual. It doesn't have to be a specific structure. It just has to fit you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. So do you have any new exciting ventures on your own right now? Of your so own I right actually, <laughs> I actually do, to be honest with you. Um, I had a really exciting breakthrough about a month and a half ago where I realized that my design business, I was trying to make it work and it wasn't working. And it's a prime example of being stuck. Mm-hmm. And I had this revelation one day where I just was on my website trying to finagle around with it and realized it's not that it's not working it's that I don't want it to work. And I hit delete on the entire thing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And all my services, everything I've offered design wise came off my website. And you would think that I'd paid off like a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. (laughs) I was, I was so excited at the freedom that I felt. Wow. And that's how I know that the power of this type of work is so magical because that feeling is something I wish for anyone who feels like they're stuck. So I actually, at the same time realized I really wanted to go into energy work. I've had my Reiki training for the last two years, ever since I went through all of the darkness that I'd experienced, that was the only thing that pulled me through. And that connection to just 
collective energy and higher being and my higher version of myself allowed me to really become clear on my purpose in life and my ability to then pull all of my experience and all the things I did really love about the coaching side of my business and the helping people figure that out and pull that through into this new business that I'm forming where I'm helping to guide people into alignment Mm -hmm. and find their truth and find their purpose and define their why. And that is so exciting because that's that's based on personal experience. It's based on professional experience and it's really aligned with what I want and my definition of success. Mm -hmm. So that is something that's new. And then along with that came my colleague, Laura and I launching our podcast and we called that rebrand success. And that is all about literally deconstructing society's version of success and rebranding it and redefining it to fit your definition of success. That's so So exciting. So much good info on there. And it's basically expanding on all of the things I've talked about with you today, Emily, and going into greater detail, some interviews with people who've embodied that whole concept. And it's very, it's very exciting. That's super (laughs) cool. That's super cool. And I love, I love how you have taken your experience and focus on business and how that didn't work. And now you've changed it to focus on person, which is the person is the one running the business. So it has to work, right? Exactly. And there's so much to be said about the person, right? And that's applicable to, you know, I go back to the people in careers and they're working themselves to their bone. My colleague, Laura has that story where she was climbing the corporate ladder until she got to a point where she just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And now she homeschools and runs her own business and like her life is so different and she is thriving and happy and joyful. That's so, you know, so it really can work wonders, you know, Um, and I think it looks different for everyone in your podcast. Do you talk about the fear of starting over? Yes, we will be. And we talk about the fear of success. Yeah. So we talk about both of those. There's fear in starting over, but often the fear of starting over actually has less to do with the fear of failure than it does the fear of succeeding. And that's a really interesting thing because with failure, failure is almost comfortable Mm -hmm. because those limiting beliefs that we have all lived with for our whole lives kind of tell us, well, you're not going to do it. So you're going to fail. So when you rise above that, you're in new territory and there's a fear of if I become successful, then I lose it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all the things that come along with that. So it's just easier to not succeed to my full potential because that's comfortable. And that was so deep. eh? It's so deep and it's, but it's exciting because when people start to look at the good and the bad, and they start to look at the failure and the thriving, you can really get clear on where you sit on your scale and then the breakthroughs can happen. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm really excited to listen. It's going to be really cool that both of ours are going to be launching around the same time. And I love it. Hopefully we can just shoot ideas back and forth here and there about it. Oh, it's amazing. And I love that they kind of weave together, but they're very different. So the audience will probably be very similar, but the content will just be so different. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, at first, like, so this will probably, I'll probably chop this out, but at first I was going to name um, my podcast, honesty with Emily that just like has a really lovely ring to it. Yeah. And I thought like, I wanted people to talk to me about the real stuff they've been through and how they've changed and grown and, and that kind of stuff. But then I was like, that's going to have a limit of who, who's going to be open to sharing that kind of stuff publicly. For sure. Um, 
and it would just be a different energy. And I really was wanting something positive. So I thought yeah. like, you know, honesty with Emily, like doesn't really even specifically expect something from the listeners, like, or the listeners can't expect what the content will be by just that name. Yeah. Um, so then I like, it literally dawned on me in the middle of standing in my kitchen and I was like, Hey, like, let's get passionate. It sounds like a cool name. I and love then it. the new idea would be to then everybody can share something that they're super into or been through or are, are really educated on, but not even in the field of like, I have a friend that wants to do an, um, astronomy podcast with me. And I'm like, sure. I know nothing about astronomy. Really, but like he works for the military. Like I he's not even it. in that field. He's just like, I love this and I'm a geek about it. And I want to share about it. And I'm like, so cool. So I'm just like, I, love it. I just love that. Everyone's like geeking out, like going full force, like all in love with what they want to talk about. And I'm just like, tell me all of the things you love, like bring me all that good energy. And think about how much you're going to learn in the process about the most diverse things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I just remembered right now that is relevant yep. to what we talked about earlier. I wondered if you know about the reticular activating system. I don't No, So it's a process in the brain. So the reticular activating system works as a filter. And so every single day you have millions and millions of bits of data that go through your eyeballs and you need to be processed by your brain. And so the reticular activating system filters out um, based on your conscious or subconscious um, file folders of what you've deemed as important. So if you want to find proof that you're failing, if you want to find proof that you're succeeding, your brain will choose to find one or the other. So the example that I've always heard is like, look around the room right now that you're in. Obviously you're in your truck, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> like find something that's find five things that are blue. You look around, you find five blue things and you come back and I say, okay, well now tell me what you saw that was red. And you'll say, well, you didn't tell me to look for something yeah. red and I can't pull out what was red because I was looking for blue. And so that's like my thing that I love telling everybody is that what you focus on grows in an actual tangible, real way in your brain. And so biohacking is like so cool. And your brain is so neat to me that obviously your brain controls you, but you also have the ability to, to control your brain in ways, right? So that vision board you were talking about in relationship to that is like, you're staring at those things that you know, you want exactly. and your brain is going to be finding more and more opportunities and ways to implement that into your life. It's amazing. It's and this like is where so we talk cool. about mindset, right? That's yeah. why it's funny. I've never known the definition mm -hmm. or had it explained. I feel like that's a really excellent explanation for anyone who hasn't dived like into that kind of concept because yeah. it is, it's very true. It's the same reason why when you buy a Jeep, all of a sudden you see Jeeps everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not that there's more Jeeps on the road. It's that all of a sudden you're aware of yeah. the Jeeps on the road. Yeah. And I've never heard it explained in such a um, layman's terms where people can really grasp that concept, but that yeah. is the definition of mindset. Yeah. Right. Where if you are constantly, we talk about self-talk, if you're always yeah. talking about, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm afraid to do this. Yeah. Um, and you give into the nerves and the anxieties and the limiting beliefs. Well, then you're creating, this is you're unconsciously self-sabotaging your potential. Yeah. And yeah. if you can awaken to those limiting beliefs and change your self-talk and alter your mindset, that's when you can be open to seeing what's already been in front of you. I know, you Isn't know, it's that, that cool? law of attraction kind of yeah. put into real science. It's actually I amazing. Know. <laughs> I know. That's why I love it. It's like people, I don't think understand that they really do create their future in those small hmm. ways. Like obviously not in every single way. Do you design what happens to your life? But like, well, that's co-creation, right? Like we're yeah. all beings co-creating together. We can't control each other and yeah. all the outcomes. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there's in a lot those more ways. power. Yeah. In that small way, you can change your outlook and your input really. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I try to live my days by remembering that I create my own reality mm-hmm. and that again, there's pieces to that that sometimes feel like, okay, this was actually not within my own creation. However, for the most part, if you give yourself a good hard look, you can really see the active piece that you, the part that you've played yeah. in the re- creation of the reality you find yourself in. Yeah. But that's powerful because yeah. if you can create that, then you can create anything. Yeah. Isn't right. That amazing? You can create ways out of that because you created the way in. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. I know. So how can our, <laughs> how can our listeners follow along with you? Yeah. So they can follow along on Instagram is probably the easiest place to find me. There's so many platforms these days, but, um, the most open areas where I share are on Instagram. You can find me at I am Katie Williams, little dots in between all of those. And then you can actually follow along on our podcast at rebrand.success. And both of those are going to be where all of these topics are shared and all the goodness will come. (laughs) Yay. I love the good energy. I will be finding you there. Yay. I'm so glad. And I'm so proud of you. And this is fantastic. Thank you. You should be so proud of yourself. Thank you so much. I will be in touch and talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you learned something new. Hit follow or subscribe to get my weekly episode and add me online. It's Let's Get Passionate on both Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day.